We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Nosotros crecemos cuando damos. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Welcome to ROG, Return on Generosity. I'm your host, Shannon Cassidy. This podcast celebrates generosity at work, not financial giving. Giving valuable time, mutual respect, alternative perspectives, and genuine collaboration. This ROG special series, Accessible Voices, honors National Disability Employment Awareness Month by offering awareness, appreciation, and respect for individuals and communities experiencing the challenges of being a professional with a disability. Our special guest today, Kyle Kuhn, is a personal friend. His father, Steve, served in the U.S. Marines with my husband, Mike. Steve and his wife, Anne-Marie, are treasured personal friends. Kyle has so many remarkable things about him, including, most recently, being a member of Team USA. He represented the United States in the Paralympic Games and won his first elite international gold medal at the World Triathlon Paris Series opener. Kyle lost his sight at the age of six after a battle with retinoblastoma cancer of the eye. However, not having sight has not stopped him from pursuing vision. Since then, he has become a competitive rock climber, downhill skier, runner, and triathlete. Welcome to ROG, Kyle. It's amazing to connect with you. Thanks for having me, Shannon. Really, uh, really happy to be here. And thanks for, thanks for reaching out. Absolutely. You are a treasured friend as well. And I'm so thankful for this time together. And I want to learn more. I devoured your book, Discovering a Life Without Limits. In there, I learned so much more about you. So why don't we just start with a little history of Kyle? Can you give us some background? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I'll try to keep it brief. But uh, but no, like you said um, in the intro there, uh, I, I was diagnosed with a rare form of eye cancer, um, retinoblastoma, when I was just 10 months old. And basically went through the first five or six years of my life um, in and out of the hospital doing just a ton of uh, a ton of treatment um, and you know it, you know radiation chemo um, a bunch of experimental stuff and you know eventually it was um, you know the cancer you know it would it would die off and then it would come back stronger than ever and, and eventually you know you just you get to a point where um, you know there, there's not you know, the, the eyes were basically so damaged due to the treatment that they were, they were basically useless. Um, so I had to have my left eye removed when I was five years old. And then uh, just about a year, year and a half later, just before I turned seven, uh, I had to have my, my right eye removed. And, you know, obviously, you know, when you're a, when you're a kid, you know, you know in and out of the hospital all the time, you know, I, I wasn't really, you know, you know, hey, you know, cancer is is bad. This can kill me. Or I wasn't thinking, oh, like you know, one of the end results of this, you know, could be that you know I'm gonna lose my lose my eyesight. Uh, it was really, hey, hey, doctor, can you can you make me better so I can go outside and play with my friends? <laughs> so so like once I you know once I lost my sight completely, I, I definitely struggled with that. Um, you know, would sit in my room and you know, listen to my friends outside playing basketball or riding their bikes or, you know, stuff like that. And I just, I thought I wasn't going to be able to ever join them in that again. But, um, I was very, very fortunate that, um, through some connections with, um, you know, with family friends and, um, you know, the brotherhood of the Marine Corps, um, you know, my dad was introduced to Ed Weinmayer, whose son, Eric, um, is a, uh, 
is an elite adventure athlete who also happens to be totally blind and they connected us and i uh, i met this this crazy blind guy who was a uh, you know, mountaineer downhill skier skydiver and this was before he became uh this was before he uh, became the first blind man to climb mount everest so and eric just kind of you know sat down and, and talked to me a little bit and told me hey you know just because you're blind doesn't mean you can't do anything um you know i want you to you know just live your life just like you would and like all you have to do is you know make a few changes here and there so he really encouraged me to to go out and try rock climbing uh i did fell in love with it yeah it's just it, it just kind of it just kind of snowballed from there, going from one thing to the next. Right. Because in 2006, you climbed Machu Picchu. In 2007, Kilimanjaro. I mean, at these young ages, you were like 14, 15 years old. You were doing these incredible adventures. And Eric's leadership and mentorship really, I think, was so pivotal for you. You know, he, he's been a big mentor uh, in my life, you know, you know, since I since I lost my sight. and. Um, you know, just uh, so many, uh, I learned so many lessons um, from him over the years and, um, you know, just brief conversations with him. And he's, and he's still such a mentor of mine um, in that, you know, I can, I can pick up the phone and shoot him a, a text message or give him a call almost any time, as long as he's in the country, not doing something crazy. <laughs> so. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, so many lessons. And what are some things that come to mind when you think about things that he taught you that you now know are absolutely true? And now you teach other people. Um, I think one of the the biggest things is, you know, is just look, there there's always a path forward. There's never a wall that you come to and it's just it's impossible uh, to get through. Um, you know, if if you can't you know, if you can't go straight through, um, you know, the obstacle or barrier in your way, then there's a way around it, or, you know, maybe you just have to climb up and over it. So I think that's really just the, that's probably one of the biggest things that he, uh, that he's taught me over the years, Um, especially, you know, just, you know, because, you know, obstacles and adversity, they're, they're placed in our, our path every single day. Um, And we've got to, you know, be creative enough to you know to let our minds expand to to find ways around <laughs> those obstacles and, and harness the power of that adversity um and use it to to fuel us one of his quotes that you share in your book is goals seem like false summits you reach the top of one just to find another one a little higher <laughs> so it's that always reaching always finding the next thing to conquer i have taken that quote you know very to heart and it, it's it's crazy because like you know I've been you know, competing in triathlon now for well full time now for almost three years but um, you know started you know doing triathlon back in you know 2015 as as just a you know it's just a hobby you know every time I I accomplished um, something that I wanted to do in triathlon it would I never I never seemed quite satisfied and I was always you know had my sights set on something a little higher. Um, you know, you know, so I, you know, you know, went and, uh, you know, set a world record, uh, at the, at the Ironman distance, um, and then, you know, set the sights on, you know, making the, you know, making the Paralympic team, trying to, to chase a, a medal, um, at, at the Paralympics, all that stuff. And, you know, every, every time, you know, if I just come up a little bit short or if I, I hit one goal, then it's, you know, I, I got an eye on, 
on one that's just a little bit higher and a little bit harder. And, and it's, it's definitely keeping the, keeping the fire going. Absolutely. Yes. And after representing the U.S. in the Paralympic Games this year in Japan, what is that next summit for you? Um, well, I mean, so, you know, in, uh, in Tokyo, I, uh, I fell short of my goal. I, you know, my goal was to come home with a medal. So I, I took fifth, um, in Tokyo. And, um, so, you know, and the next goal is, is, you know, to go, you know, to make it back to the games. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm starting my journey toward, uh, toward Paris in, in 2024. And this time it is to come home with, uh, you know, come home with a medal, but you know, there's, there's some other goals sprinkled. Uh, in there, you know, I want to come home with a world championship medal. I want to, you know, do some other uh, sporting endeavors. But uh, the big focus is um, getting back to Paris and, and coming home with some hardware this time. That's the thing. That's uh, every every goal that I'm I'm setting for myself between you know now and 2024 is you know has to kind of support me. You know, bringing home hardware in Paris. Yes. So what I'm hearing you say, Kyle, and something I know about you is your ability to have vision. And I know you talk about that a lot is that you don't need sight to have vision and you set your sight on a goal and you get fully committed to it. And then you say, okay, what are milestones along the way? You continually learn and you just, you keep that in mind. What is the thing I'm after? And I think that that's something that all of our listeners can apply to their own lives is get clear about what it is that you want and then just be relentless about the pursuit of it. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, so I actually, uh, you know, it, it was something that was so, you know, I needed to have such a, a clear focus on that, you know, I, I just, I created my own little hashtag, uh, you know, on it and, you know, and that's, uh, and that's iron vision. And basically it's spelled, you know, it's spelled like I E Y E and then, um, R O N vision. Um, and it, you know, I, I got my start in triathlon, you know, pursuing the, the Ironman, you know, Ironman distance, uh, triathlons. And, you know, I, I like wordplay. So I, I, you know, I was looking at that and I was like, man, like if I just know what I want and I have this relentless pursuit of it, all, all I'm doing is keeping an eye on my vision and, you know, making sure that everything, all my goals, all my objectives, um, everything that I do aligns with, you know, pursuing that, that overarching vision, then all I'm doing is just keeping an eye on my vision. Um, and, and so that, that was, that was kind of how my, my little hashtag came about. And then, uh, and yeah, no, it's just, it's just one of those, it's one of those things where during, during pursuit of, of that overarching vision, or you're, you're going to, you know, encounter things that, throw you off the trail, um, that, you know, throw you off course. Um, you know, I mean, I've had, you know, major injuries I've had, um, you know, we've had, a you know, a pandemic, um, all the, all this kind of stuff that yeah, everything tries to derail us. Um, but you know, you, you have to be willing to, to pivot. Um, you have to be willing to improvise and adapt, um, to, in order to, you know, overcome the, you know, those bits of adversity and those obstacles that, that are put in your path. And, keeping an eye on your vision, um, really, I, I found just really helps in staying focused and doing the simple things well, totally. and then doing the Absolutely. simple things even better. And, you know, in the spirit of 
honoring the National Disability Employment Awareness Month. I think your journey to finding the career that's truly designed for you and the best way for you to utilize your strengths took some overcoming obstacles and dealing with setbacks and challenges and having to pivot and use all kinds of resources to overcome that. But I thought it would be interesting for the listeners to understand what your early experiences were when you were job hunting. And in chapter 17 of your book called Welcome to the Real World, in here you say the opening quote is that 70% of people who are blind or visually impaired are either not employed or severely underemployed. So what can you teach us around what that was like for you and for employers who are listening, what they can understand when they're identifying talent who may actually be blind? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that look, I, I think, you know, people look at, at blindness, um, they look at, at disability and, you know, there's this, there's this little kernel of fear that like, you know, if, if I, you know, and they, they and maybe unconsciously or subconsciously think to themselves like, oh my gosh, like if, if I were, you know, if I was in this person's position, do this. And like, I'm scared that I, I could you know, be in this person's position. And like, I don't think I could do this job that I'm trying to hire them for. Um, so I think a lot of it's just awareness. Um, but, you know, in my early job hunting uh, days, you know, I, 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 you know, came out of college and I, I just thought I was, I thought I was the, the best thing in the world. I was your, you know, classic millennial um, thinking that, you know, I, I you know, had, uh, you know, I was going to, apply and get a job that was basically listed as CEO and above. And then I just, you know, I was like, ah, that what's, you know, once I figured out that, uh, oh, uh, you actually need some experience to be like upper level management. Then I just started kind of climbing my way down the corporate ladder. Um, and, you know, it was just time and time again, I would, you know, send in resumes and, and job applications and, and all of that. Um, wouldn't hear back from a lot. Uh, which, you know, which is typical of, of any, you know, any job seeker. Um, but then, you know, the, the interviews that I did actually um, go to, a lot of them I thought went very well, you know, had a lot of good banter, um, you know, but then I just wouldn't hear back from the employer or, you know, it was a job that I, I could potentially be overqualified for. And, you know, they would not, you know, not consider me for the, for the position. Uh, you know, it, it was, it was one of those things where, I was very rarely, you know, sure. There were a couple of times when, you know, an, an employer was like, how the heck are you going to do this job? And like, why are you even here? But that was actually a very rare instance. And then, you know, just after, after a while, you know, jobless for a year, I, I had lost a lot of hope. And it, it was just one of those, one of those times when random connections eventually, you know, lead you to, you know, lead you to the right people. Um, and I, I was very lucky to get connected with someone who saw some potential in me and, you know, offered me a, offered me a job basically, uh, on the spot. So I got, uh, I got, I got really lucky in that regard. And then it was just a matter of seizing the bull by the horns and moving my way up through that organization and then moving on to, to other organizations and, uh, eventually making my way to what I, you know, to what I do these days. When we come back, Kyle will share the story of another Kyle, Kyle Johnson, the person who gave him a chance. 
Hello, I'm Marianne Newell, Assistant Director of College Support at St. Joseph University's Kinney Center for Autism Education and Support. Located in Philadelphia, the Kinney Center has a twofold mission to educate and train the autism professionals of tomorrow while supporting and serving individuals and families affected by autism today. I'm part of the Aspire College Support Team, helping St. Joseph's University students with autism achieve collegiate success through social and executive functioning support. Learn more about our services by visiting sju.edu slash k-i-n-n-e-y. And we're back with the triathlete, author, and speaker with Iron Vision, Kyle Kuhn. So tell us a little bit about Kyle Johnson, who I believe is the the person that you're referring to. Yeah, so I actually, um, uh, so I I was invited to uh, a... um, a luncheon, a local television network had uh, done a story on me um, during my my last year of college, and um, they invited everyone that they had done stories on uh, to this to this luncheon. Kyle just came up to me because he had just started work at uh, an organization called Lighthouse Central Florida, which is a, a vision rehabilitation organization in Orlando, Florida. And uh, he came up, introduced himself uh, to me, and uh, read, had read a little bit about me in the in the program. And I just wanted to have a cup of coffee with me to to see if I would uh, consider speaking at a at a lighthouse fundraising event. And then we uh, so we met up for coffee a couple of weeks after this initial meeting, and and you know we're we're just chatting, and uh, you know he he asked me, hey, like just out of curiosity, what do you do for uh, what do you do for a living now that you're you know, now that you're out of college and living in the living in the real world um and i was like well <laughs> funny that you mentioned it i i'm actually unemployed I, I i cannot find a job and um he was in the you know he he had uh, come from a wealth management background and a you know communication uh, background as well and my degree is you know my degree was in communication um and, and he said well you know send me your resume and maybe i'll uh, i'll spread it around um and see if i can't um help you out a little bit. And then, uh, so I sent him my, my resume and, and I, I found out a couple years later, he was like, yeah, I, I never had any intention of spreading your resume around. I just printed it off and walked it down to the CFO's office and dropped it on her desk and said, Hey, let's hire this guy. <laughs> so, um, so it, it was, it was one of those, it was one of those, those things. And then, you know, uh, so I, I got hired on by Lighthouse Central Florida working, um, initially in a, in a, in a call center that they were, uh, operating and then moving on uh, upwards you know to to work at, you know managing um, you know front desk managing you know quality assurance and then eventually moving on to uh, work in uh, basically government relations for lighthouse uh, before getting uh, hired away from lighthouse to uh, to go work for the uh, department of the navy for uh, um, Kyle really took me under his wing while I was at lighthouse um, and you know just taught me uh, a lot about the nonprofit space a lot about um, connecting with people and, and everything, you know, in between. I think it's just one of those, you know, he's, you know, Kyle and, you know, the, the leadership that I've been fortunate to, to learn from, you know, they're, they are those people that are like, look, we're not gonna, we don't want to hold you back. We want to make sure that we boost you up and, and give you every opportunity to succeed. Kyle, that is the best definition of what it means to be a generous leader. I mean, that's what we talk about on this podcast and what we try to model and your personal generosity, I believe is 
influenced by those who were generous to you. So I think it's that ripple effect that people can have and that there was really nothing in it for them to encourage you to take that role of the Navy, but they knew that that was what was best for you. And that's exactly what we want to highlight and celebrate on this podcast. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. So before we wrap, I'd love to hear some of your favorite quotes. And for those who pick up Discovering a Life Without Limits, which is Kyle's book, at the very end, you do something that I found just delightful, which was all of these quotes and lessons in life. So I want to pull out two from two of my most favorite people in your life, your parents. So the first one is from your dad, Steve Kuhn. And his quote is, it's our attitude that allows us to learn from mistakes. And that in turn enables one to become great beyond imagination. Talk to us about that, Kyle. Yeah. So um, my dad really drilled it into me from a very early age that you can't, you can't blame people for your circumstances or your situation. Um, and really it's, you know, it's your attitude, you know, that, that does allow you to like, look, we're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to have um, stumbling blocks and roadblocks. Um, and you, you have to be willing to learn from those, uh, mistakes. And if you do, it's funny that, you know, cause I'm, I'm actually, uh, working on a, a new project, um, where, uh, where I'm studying this notion of, of blame. And, um, like if you do blame others or you, you, or you, uh, you have blame in your life, then that, severely stunts your your growth opportunities and um you know and if you have this this negative attitude or this this you know this this attitude of i don't want to grow then you ultimately will will fall short of being successful and and happy um and so it, it you know so that that particular quote from you know from my dad um you know he's he's said it you know many times over the course of my life and it's it's one of those things that look if 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 you have the right attitude, you can, you can pivot, you can improvise, you can adapt, you can overcome a lot of different obstacles in life. Thank you for sharing that. And then the last one is from your mom, Anne-Marie Kuhn, and it's make good choices. This is particularly a meaningful quote in your family. Tell us about that, Kyle. Make good choices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, it's just one of those, it's one of those things that my mom has, has said to us from very early ages um you know i have i have three sisters and um every time we would walk out the door to uh to go to school to go to a friend's house um to go to a party off to college uh, anything you know even even to even to this day when we uh you know when we uh when we walk out the door or anything you know mom always just reminds us hey make good choices um and, and i think it's her way of just reminding us like, Hey, you know, think before you act your, the choices we make, they're powerful. Um, and they can have this, this ripple effect. Um, and they, you know, you know, a little, a little choice or decision that you make can change the course of your life and change the course of, of other people's lives. Um, and if we focus on, you know, making those good choices, um, then we're able to, also, you know, learn from our experiences and, you know, choice is a, that's one of the, that's one of the things that's so powerful about, you know, about being here in the, in the USA is that we have this incredible 
freedom to choose our own our own path and um uh, you know it's it's one of those things that it's been so impactful in uh in our family's life that uh my sisters and i we we continually joke like I, and i seriously hope we do it at some point but we all keep joking that eventually we're all going to get tattoos that that mirror each other and that it's just going to say make good choices so that's uh <laughs> it's it's such an impactful quote for uh, for my sisters and, and and me that uh that we're willing to ink it onto our skin yes exactly oh so good that's that's really it's powerful it's simple and it's so profound for us to think about how every day we have the opportunity to make good choices and to your point about not blaming that it's not someone else's fault that we are the CEO of your life. So you are the one responsible for making good choices. Are there tips that you could recommend that our listeners apply from your life's journey? Um, I think the big one uh, for me is just look, you know, it, it comes down to keep an eye on your vision and uh, make good choices to keep yourself on the path of achieving your achieving your goals. Um, I think that's really what has um, helped me uh, be successful. And if you just take away one thing, just keep an eye on your vision and, and, and make good choices. And, you know, if, if, if you just take away that, um, I think anyone can be um, successful in, in their life and can lead um, with, you know, can, can lead a, a great life. And, uh, and that's something that I, I absolutely, um, I try to do every day and I hope, uh, I hope other people do as well. Awesome. Until next week, stay generous, everyone. Thank you. ROG takeaway tip, how to apply what we've learned to our own work and lives. Kyle shared thoughts on false summits, vision, relentless pursuit of goals, and choices. Accomplishing a goal is a stepping stone on our journeys, but it can feel like a false summit. Think back to a time in your life when you set your sight on a big goal. Maybe it was a stretch school that you applied to and you got in, or a career goal. You wanted to manage people or be a managing director or C-suite. Or maybe you had that feeling right before you bought your first car, home, or vacation house. Maybe for you, that big goal was to write a book, compete in a race, or start, or even end, a relationship. Whatever that thing is for you, you did it. You had a goal, you worked toward accomplishing it, and you did it. Do you remember getting to the quote-unquote summit and thinking, is this it? Is this what success looks like? Kyle taught us, reach your summit, enjoy the view, and then set your sights on the next one to stay motivated. We all have vision that isn't quantified by sight. Dig deep and find your vision. What's driving it? Let's start with your values. What are your core values? Where do you see yourself? What's a 10-year target? Add 10 years to your current age where do you see yourself? And then what's the three-year picture? An activity that you might want to try is creating a vision board. Get a bunch of magazines. Contact a hair salon or a doctor's office and ask for their recycling if you don't currently subscribe to any. And cut out words and images that resonate with you. 
glue them to a board and use that as a vision board. Notice what you've clipped. What are you attracted to? What does it look like? Feel like? Who's there with you? What's the one-year plan? What are milestones on the journey that you could realistically accomplish this year? Write it down. Tell others. Pursue it with focus and conviction. Honor your vision. Embrace it. Be relentless in the pursuit of your vision. And avoid spreading yourself so thin and doing so many things, only some of which are aligned with your vision. Prioritize and give your best energy to the actions that will lead you toward the realization of your vision. And then lastly, make good choices. Every moment is a choice. Think about that. Every moment, including this one, is a choice. You're choosing to listen to ROG all the way through to the end. Thank you. Because of you, we've been rated in the top 5%, up from the top 10% of podcasts worldwide. Thank you for being a listener. Every moment is a choice. And because we're creatures of habit, we often do the same thing over and over, even if we know it's not the best choice. Whatever you do too much of fits into this category. Worry too much, talk too much, drink too much, complain too much. To take this advice to heart, make good choices. What are you willing to tone down, reduce, or stop doing? What are you willing to start doing? And of those habits that you already have that are good choices, what will you continue doing? Today and this week, own your power. You have the self-discipline to make good choices. Of the many choices you'll make this week, find ways to stay generous, everyone. Thanks for listening to ROG, Return on Generosity podcast. Please help us grow by subscribing and reviewing us on your favorite podcast player. And for more information, visit bridgebetween.com. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give.